God is good, and I, I, I'm not going to jump up and down, maybe quite like Elizabeth did, but uh, it is a little bit of a, of a, a cheerleading-type session tonight, just to encourage uh, and exhort and, and edify, because I think sometimes we forget maybe how, how good God is. I think sometimes we forget uh, what he's done for us. We understand and know what Jesus did as he died on the cross for us, but I think as we face the enemy sometimes, we're not so quick to fire away the word at him as much as we are to sometimes meander the thought around in our head, and we all face stuff. And the word that God gave me uh, tonight, as I was just sitting in my office and just praying this afternoon, was locked and loaded. I have no idea what that, what that really... You know, they always say in those army movies, lock and load, man, and they shove the clip in there and they pull the bolt back and they, they get ready to, I don't know, jump out and take people out or whatever they do. Are you locked and loaded and ready to go? Because the enemy is coming against you. And it's not so much about the weapons that we have at our disposal. It's not so much about, you know, the, the sword of the spirit being our weapon and the shield of faith and the armor of God. It, it's a little bit more along these lines of what are the bullets that you're firing at the enemy? As he comes against you, what is your ammunition? Not just your sword and not just your shield, but what is your ammunition? What is it that you are firing back at him? It says that if we submit ourselves to God, we resist the enemy, he has to flee. He comes after us as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But we know in our life that if we will stand firm on the rock and continue to meditate the word, speak the word, and live the word in our life, that we'll be prosperous, we'll have great success, and we'll see all that God has for us. I just want to encourage you tonight in some of the things, because uh, some of the things that he's done for us, because sometimes we we have a tendency to, I've just been talking to people, you know, over the last three, four, five months, and, you know, as you begin to talk to people, you realize there's kind of a a common theme. And, you know, it's none of you guys. It's all these people who don't go to church here. So, you know, I mean, I'm talking to all these people in the highways and byways of life. And, and, and it's just that, you know, we all face stuff. And, and, and what I find myself doing more than anything else is, is standing there with pom-poms and, and, and encouraging and exhorting. Not yet. Yeah, we pray and we, we do all those things. We're believing with you. We stand in faith. But, but more often than not, the job is to encourage you to remember the things that that you stand on, to remember the truths that you have built your life upon. Because it's so quick and so easy for us to just have those things disappear. You know, and the question was, are you locked and loaded or are you locked up <laughs> and loaded down with life? Because I think there's, you know, there's a side to that, that, that as, the, as the world comes after us, we take up, if you take up one spoonful of sand every day, by the time you get through a year, you're going to have a lot of sand and it's going to be heavy. may not seem like much today, but, his, but Jesus' goal on this earth as he came and he gave his life was so that we wouldn't have to walk with a burden and we wouldn't have to be loaded down. It says in Matthew chapter 11, as you go there toward the end, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy or weary, heavy, heavy laden, for I will give you rest. For take my, my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light says that Jesus came in Luke chapter 4, he came to, to, set it, to set free those who were held captive, to, to really take the load. It actually says freedom for those who are oppressed, or, or that's a load. Oppression is a heaviness and a load that's on your life. And Jesus came and said, hey, I came to set the captives free, 
And I came to bring freedom to those who are oppressed, to take that load off of their life. Now, that's you and that's me, and you've probably received that, but how many of you know, every now and then you find yourself, for some odd reason, carrying a heavy load. It didn't, didn't start that way, it didn't happen that way. You're probably real sharp, real good, and then one day just picked up a spoonful of sand, and the next day a spoonful of sand, and, and the enemy is so cunning and so sly that we don't even realize that all of a sudden we're carrying this 100-pound bag of sand around with us. Well, it's pretty difficult to move and maneuver and do the things that God wants us to do, carrying around a 100-pound bag of sand. Jesus, you know, he, 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 made, he made a way as he brought all those, all those giants in the New Testament to come and speak to us. He made a way to keep the theme coming and keep the theme going. He says in Matthew, you know, that we're supposed to count on him and we're supposed to take his yoke and his burden, which is easy and light. But he also tells us then as you meander down through Hebrews that, hey, remember, remember, you need to let go of the weight and the sin and the junk that so so easily ensnares you. That as we read the book, as you read the Bible, and as you begin to put it into practice in your life, you realize that it builds on itself. Don't you get, I mean, you get encouraged. It's not cyclical, and it's not like every other chapter is the same thing. But as you get rolling in it, God, God continues to bring the themes back in there that maybe you're dealing with or maybe some of the stuff that you know people are dealing with in your life. He brings those themes back. And as you just sit down that morning and you begin to read, and you think, oh, well, Pastor John just preached this last. Oh, that was the word that Pastor Pam had. And then all of a sudden, these things start coming back in. Well, what is that? That's God reminding us that not only does he love us, not only does he care for us, but he's reminding us of that word because in our life we're going to need it. And what is it that you have your gun loaded with as you stand and face the enemy who's coming against you? It says in Psalms chapter 62, as I was coming home today from, to get ready to come here tonight, was, there's a song by this, by, by this building 429, and it's a song that comes out of this particular Psalm 62. And it says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will never be shaken. You know, the enemy comes and he begins to shake and rattle your cage. Don't get shaken, don't get rattled. People say, oh, it's easy for you to say. We face stuff, you face stuff, Elizabeth and I do. We all face stuff. He shakes our cage just like he shakes your cage. And sometimes we freak out and scream like that monkey in the cage, ah! but sometimes, you know, we, we respond correctly. We're responding more correctly than we were last year. That's the whole goal, right? Respond more correctly this week than you did last week. Continue to grow. And it says that if you trust in him, that he is alone is your rock and your salvation, your fortress, you'll never be shaken. So many enemies, it says in verse three, come against one man, all of them trying to kill me. So many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. Does it seem sometimes as though things come from every, when it rains, it pours, they say. You know, when it comes from the left, it comes from the right. And if you don't look back behind you, you're going to get overtaken that direction too. Things tend to come from all sides. The enemy may pull a sneak attack in the beginning, but eventually if you continue to just wander along in it and continue to grow maybe a little bit more weary, but pick up another thing of sand, before you're done with your 100-pound bag, you realize that the enemy has come from every single direction. And your friends have turned on you maybe and your job went sour and your health isn't going well and and all of these things begin to bombard you. But, But we have to realize we're supposed to be locked and loaded and ready to go. That we are really victorious. It says so in the word and that's one of the things we need to remember. 
It goes on and it says, they plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken. Where's that place? You, know, you can't always run back home and dive in your closet. You can't always run back here and there's not church going on. You can't always, you, 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 that place is, is, is his presence filling you and your mind renewing the word. And wherever you are in that moment is that place. He can be your fortress at work just as he can be your fortress at home. Some people feel safe in church, but not safe as they walk out those doors. You're just as safe out those doors as you are in this place because the same God that's guarding you, protecting you, and his presence filling your life in here is the same God who guards and protects and fills your life out there. Same guy. Don't be shaken by the things that come against us. It goes on, though, in verse 7 says, My victory and honor came or come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where, there, where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him. For God is our refuge. I think as the enemy comes, he begins to whisper and he begins to talk and he begins to say things. And one of the questions, in whatever form it comes, is this question that says, who are you? Who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? In Acts chapter 19, there's a... a, a passage of scripture, and it, it, in the beginning it talks about Paul and the anointing that he walks in, but then it goes on and it says there's some people there who watch what Paul does, and they want to do the same thing that Paul does. And it says in verse 11, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that were brought from his body to the sick, as they touched them, the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. In verse 13, it says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. In verse 14, it says, Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so as well. And in verse 15, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Now, they didn't really have any foundation to stand on because they didn't know Jesus. You know Jesus, so you have a firm foundation in the word of God. It becomes your rock. It becomes your fortress. It becomes what you hold on to and stand on when the enemy says, who are you? I know Pastor Pam. I know Corey. Who are you? Why do you think you can do this? Why do you think this is true? The enemy, he begins to ask these questions of you, and it all gets down to this thing. Who do you think you are? Who do you really think you are? Begins to show you reason after reason after reason why you can't be what you responded with. He puts you in a place where maybe in the natural, maybe what you, what you see, what you hear, what you feel, it, it seems true. And then he begins to ask, who are you? Why do you think you can do that? How could that possibly ever happen? It still comes down to this thing. Who do you think you are? Well, do you know who you are? Don't get shaken. Don't get rattled by what's happened in life. Do you know 
who you are in Christ because that is the, that's the bullet, that's the ammunition that you begin to fire at the enemy as you swing the sword of the Spirit, if you will, or in our case, since we're talking about M16s, it's the bullets that you're going to fire at at the enemy. You're locked and you're loaded and you've pulled the bolt back and you're ready to go. As you begin to pull that trigger, the bullets begin to fly. But what, what are you shooting? As you begin to talk to people, you realize, man, you, 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 you're messing around. You, you got a bunch of blanks in your gun. There, there's, there's no power there. There's no ammunition there. There's no, you, you're firing negative thoughts, and you're firing negative words, and you're firing the problem, and you're not talking about or shooting the solution. You're not bringing the word of God onto the scene. It's all of this other stuff that comes along. Do you realize and know in your life where you are today that you, me, each one of us in Christ, we're called, we're set apart? You are, you're, you're flat out different. And I know people have said that about you before, but it's a good different. It's not the different that says, man, you are different. I don't know if I want to. It's, it's, he has set you apart and he has made you different than the people in the world. You are in the world, but you're not of the world because you are a spirit being. A couple weeks ago, we talked about kingdom living and kingdom dynamics and things like that. We deal with these same issues, and as we go through tonight, I'm just going to tell you things that you are. So just you can write them down. You're redeemed. Galatians 3.13 says you are redeemed by the cur- from the curse because Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. You're redeemed. Now, how many people say, I'm just cursed, man. My life just continues to go the wrong way. It's one bad thing after another. Hey, hey, wrong ammunition. Wrong ammunition. Well, I tried that other stuff, but it didn't work. Yeah, but you got to have clip after clip after clip after clip. You can't just go out there and just, you can, you'll shoot that whole thing out in like 10 seconds. And then what are you going to do? You got no more bullets. And the enemy's going to come at you. But you drop that one and you take the next clip, you shove it in, pull the bolt back, and now you're locked and loaded again. And you continue to come with the truth. The truth that says, you know what? I am not cursed. I am a child of God. And whatever curse there was in my family, generation or whatever else it might be, I break that in Jesus' name because I have the power now and the authority to do so because of the blood of Christ and the word of God that I know is true, not just for the pastor, not just for other people in church, but for me because I am his child, I'm part of his household, therefore I can, I can use or I can assert the same authority that Jesus did in this earth. It's a completely different fight. It's a completely, instead of just saying pow and no bullet coming out, it's pow and the bullets come out. You're victorious, right? We know it's 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. 57 says that he, you have been given the victory. The victory that Christ won at the cross, you've been given that. He has put you in this earth as a victor. That everywhere you go, you're victorious. Regardless of what you see with the natural eyes, you're victorious. Now, how many people do you come across in their day that, that feel like all they do is lose? They feel like everything they touch doesn't prosper. Everything they touch falls apart. That they can't even get through the race, let alone win the race. See, the enemy becomes, you know they know the truth. You know the truth is in there somewhere. And so you begin to to give them ammunition. (laughs) Here, take my clip. Take my other clip. Right? When one guy runs out, the other guy tosses him ammunition. You can't be standing there without anything. 
You know the folks who you've been talking to, and they continue to all of a sudden take things just a little bit downhill, just a little bit downhill, and now all of a sudden it's just gone. And now you, you don't even think it can happen. You did, but now they're so negative, and they're, 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 there's so many blanks in their gun. Now you're like shooting blanks too, like bang, that's not even true. Just throw the guns in the trash. I surrender. You can't, you can't, you can't. Because you've been redeemed. You're victorious. It says so in the word. You've been chosen and set apart in all of these things. You are who God created you to be. I'm not worthy. I, you're righteous. No, I've done too much. No, I'm telling you, you are righteous because of the blood of Christ. You're righteous. You have, listen, this is important, you have to respond to the enemy as he comes against you and know, understand, believe, have revelation of, begin to use, begin to meditate, begin to speak this word that says, I have right standing with God. That's important. Because without that, you don't have anything. As you come to Christ, he takes you and he strips you of the sin and he places you in a place of right standing with him, righteousness. And because now you're righteous, because that opens these doors to these things, you have to remember, you can't begin to think those thoughts about yourself that say that you are not because of what you've done this, because of what has happened that, because I, I know what pastor said, and up to a certain point I'm all right, but man, I'm telling you, he doesn't know all these other things that have been going on in my life. I'm just telling you. It doesn't delineate between the sins in here. It says that as you ask forgiveness for your sins, they are forgiven. And he forgets them and he separates them as far as the east is from the west, and then he takes you and he places you in that place of right standing like that has never happened, and like that never went down. Right standing with him. So as the enemy comes and he begins to lie to you and tell you that specific lie that says, no, 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 you did this the other day, so this can't possibly be true. No, man, I'm the righteousness of Christ. By the blood of Christ, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is me, that's who I am, and you can't do anything about it. That's your bullet. That's what you have to use, you have to use that. You're valuable. Now, this is one that the enemy comes and begins to tell people these little lies that nothing that I do matters. Nobody sees me. Nobody cares. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows what's going on in my life. I'm not worth anything. I've been used and abused, and I've even used and abused myself. You know, it's that thing that says I'm just a, I'm nothing. No, man. You're valuable. You're valuable. You place value on an object by, the, by what was paid. And for you and for me, Jesus Christ gave his life and paid the ultimate price and sacrifice so that we could be part of his family. That makes you valuable. And you say, well, I don't, I don't feel valuable. I, that's the deal. I don't care if you don't feel valuable. You are. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you're valuable. Say that, I'm valuable, I'm valuable, okay. Say it again, I'm valuable, I'm valuable. And then you begin, to, you begin to tell them, you begin to encourage them, you begin to lift them up, and you begin to give them the ammunition, and then all of a sudden they believe that they're valuable. That no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how you feel like de devalued in your life, you are valuable. 
You're not just valuable to your family. You're not just valuable to the church. You're not just valuable to your community. You are valuable to God for what he wants to use you for in this earth to bring glory to the kingdom of God. You, you, you have to understand that and believe that for yourself. Have you ever tried to tell somebody they are and they just don't get it? You know, you say it over and over and over and over again and they just, they perk up for a second then, then you lose them. They perk up, and then the gun jams. They perk up, and then the thing falls out. They got no bullets. And it begins to drain you. Keep going. You got to keep encouraging. You got to keep lifting up. That is, that is a foundational truth. You, you're valuable. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. Your past that's the thing. The enemy brings the past against us. The past, is not, the past is not your future. In Psalms, if you look in verse 40, it said, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud, out of the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing. He has given me a new song to sing. The, you can't do that. Well, I've been kicked around in my past, and I've just done all these bad things. You're valuable. You're so valuable that he has given you a new song. And it says, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. Then they will put their trust in the Lord. You may have been through some things and seen some things, and I've used this example before, but it doesn't matter what has happened to you in the past. It doesn't matter what the enemy's done. It doesn't matter the things that you've done. It doesn't devalue who you are to Christ. And I've done this before and said this before, and I love this example because it's so true and it makes it real. Okay, I've been wandering around with this $100 bill in my shoe all day, Probably nobody wants it because it's nasty. Actually, I don't even want to hold it. It's my foot. Yeah, I'm just telling you, I got some sweaty feet. They, they sweat all the time. So I'm sure you don't, I mean, who would want a rolled up, crumpled up, sweaty old $100 bill? Well, why? Why would you want that? It's trash. I mean, it's like, it's just, it's not any good. It's trash. It's, it's actually wet. I mean, it really is a little funky. But it, 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 it smells a little. See, but we understand and know that it doesn't matter what has happened to the money. It's still valuable. See, we don't, we don't care that it's been in my shoe. We don't care that I've walked on it all day. We don't care that it smells or that it is incredibly wet. Because we understand and know that that's valuable no matter what happens to it. If it gets ripped in two, as long as you have the pieces, it's still valuable. So are you. 
that same kind of worth and that same kind of value. And that it's, it's intrinsic. You see, it's, it's part of what the $100 bill is, what it means and what it stands for and what it represents in this country. In your life, it's the same thing. The fact that, that he has, he's, he's come into this world and died on the cross for you makes you absolutely priceless. No matter what has happened, no matter what's gone down, no matter what you face today, do you realize that you're just as valuable as that stinky, sweaty $100? I mean, you are. God loves you. He actually chose you. First Peter, that's another thing. You're chosen. says you're his you're his chosen people he picked you that that word as you go back and you begin to look at that in first peter that word chosen is it, it's the same word that says like christ was picked by god himself to come into this earth and to die for us that same kind of choosing christ to do that sacrifice and be that sacrifice for us is the same kind of choosing that god does in your life it's the, same, it's, the same, it's the same word. It says, look, he, he has picked you from the foundation of the earth to be on his team. Yes. Too many of us feel like in the end, like we're still standing on the sidelines and everybody's picked the teams and we don't get to play. Not true. Not true. In this deal, you're picked and you're picked first. See, so you're valuable. You're a new creature in Christ. Now, this is important because it says Jesus was talking and he said, you can't pour new wine into old wineskins lest they burst and spill the wine. So since he is the new wine and he's coming in, he wants to pour himself into your life. What must he do first since we're old wineskins? He must make us new. There's no way. These guys came and they began, to, they began to try to cast out demons in Jesus' name, but they didn't know him. They were old wineskins trying to spew forth new. It doesn't work. It didn't work for them. It doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for me. We have to know who Christ is, have him alive on the inside of us, have him wash us clean, renew us. Do you know what it means to be new? To be brand, to be brand new. You've probably had cars before. When you get a brand new car and you get in it, feels good, but it smells awesome. New car smell. You want to make that last as long as you can. Now, I haven't had a new car in a while, but I've had a couple used cars, and I get in those. And immediately, you know, they had a dog and it was wet. They smoke cigars, and apparently they have, they have spilled beer in the trunk, and it's been in the heat. There's a difference between used and, and new. You're not used. You may feel used. You may, be, you may feel like you've been abused and used. But you, do you realize and have the understanding that you are brand new? It says the old things have been passed away and behold all things have been made new in the new living testament it actually says as you go in there in the new living it says this means that anyone who belongs to christ has become a new person the old life is gone and a new life has begun 
A new life has begun. It's brand new. There's not going back. There's not the past. You're you're disassociated with who you were. You're free. Completely, totally free. If you abide in him, if you remain in him, his word, you will know the truth, John 8, 31 and 32, and the truth will do what? Set you free. He came to set free those who were held captive. He has turned you loose. Don't be chained up to the wall anymore. People say, I've tried and I've tried and I tried, but I just can't get free. It's because you're trying. You can't get free if you try, but you are free if you remain and reside in him. Allow his spirit to break the chains of addiction in your life and you'll be free. Allow his spirit to break the chains that have held you bound in your mind and in your flesh. Let him break them because when he breaks them, you are free. It says you are free indeed. I mean free. Do you know that? That in your life, you're free. And the last part of this, or the last thing, maybe, as we go through here, the last one is you're blessed. These aren't new. These aren't anything that we haven't heard before. But these are foundational truths that we can't forget because they're the ammunition when we lock and we load, they're the ammunition we use to fire against the enemy. And if you don't know what to say, if you don't know the word, if you don't know the truth, if you don't have a revelation of it for you in your life, then we end up like these other guys who said, uh, Pastor John said, uh, can't shoot my gun. I got it with me. I'll give you some ammunition. Now put it in your gun and pull the bolt back and begin to fire. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, blessed in verse 3, it says, Be the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, our God and our Father, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now it goes on here for a second. It begins to talk about some of these others. Like I said, these threads and these themes and these things, they're, wo- they're woven through the Word of God. You can pick them up in pieces and parts in the Old Testament and see them come back in the New Testament. As Pastor Pam said, it was prophesied all through the end, and in the New Testament said it has to be this way so that all of these other words are all true. What's that mean? So that this thing is woven all the way from the beginning from Adam and Eve up all the way to Jesus and then from Jesus through the disciples in Acts and then all the way out into us. It goes on and it says in verse 4, just as he, what, chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons of Jesus Christ to himself. You've been adopted into his house and you're an heir. It's true. It says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In verse 7, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sin, righteousness, according to the riches of his grace. You can keep going because there's more good stuff. 
Now, those are all great. A whole handful of things that you are. That when the enemy says, who are you? I got a whole, I got a whole clip full. As he comes against you in areas where you don't feel valuable, I got, I got a whole clip that says I'm valuable. I know who I am. I wasn't sure before, but I know now. I get it. Do you rehearse? When people put on a play, and we've done this around here in the past, you don't just show up one day and they say, hey, by the way, here's all your lines. You rehearse them. You go over them and over them and over them again. Why? So that you get it right when the time comes. Are you rehearsing these things? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't need that. I need God to do Because ah. see, there are those excuses that come all the time that say, yeah, 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 yeah. As soon as you get to the point where there's something that you have to do, as soon as you get to the point in a, in a, in a situation talking to somebody and you get down to the point that says, look, they got an issue with being valuable. Okay, let me tell you about how valuable are. Now, this is what you have to do. Not only am I going to pray for you today, but you're going to have to go home and you're going to have to, you're going to have to put up the, you're going to have to put up the guard. You're going to have to get your gun, get your bullets, put them in there and pull the bolt back because the enemy's going to come and he's going to come try to steal this word that, that we've planted in your heart today. Now, here's the deal. You're valuable. Do you understand that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 but but you gotta understand. I, 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 my wife is just this, or my what? Well, ah. Give me your gun. You, 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 you gotta rehearse. You gotta rehearse. You gotta go home. That's why we said put them on the mirrors. Put them on the mirrors of your house. Put them wherever you look. Put them wherever you see. Put what? Whatever you need to rehearse. I've got scriptures all over my office that Miriam has given me. They're in a little pile right in front of my computer. And every time I change things and move things, I do not move those scriptures. All the things you've typed them up and you've given them to me over the years, I I, I, I keep them. Why? Because I have to rehearse that. Those are words from God to me. They're scriptures right out of the word, but they're things that God is speaking and saying, so I need to rehearse them. So I keep them in the front of where I am. I don't read them every day. I don't go through them every single moment, but I'm telling you, I I pick those up and I read through them. I put them back. When the enemy begins to come and begins to tell me lies and ask me, who do you think you are? I pull one out. And I know you've given me crosses with scriptures on it. You gave me the big lion with the scripture on it. I got them. They, they kind of like my little scripture person. I got them all over the place. I, I keep myself surrounded by those things. That, why, why would you do that? Because the enemy comes to steal the word. He wants to take it right out. Well, I've been saved a long time. Well, that doesn't mean you're any good shooting them doesn't mean you know anything. <laughs> you've, you've known people who've been saved a long time, and they're just as big a mess as they were when they got saved. It happens. So when they say, well, do you know the word? Well, I go to church all the time. I listen to Jesse Duplantis, and I watch Joyce on TV, and uh, that's awesome. Do you know the word? Do you know what 
What Joyce said, not what Joyce said. Do you know what, what God said? Surround yourself with the word. Rehearse it. Don't stop. Realize and understand you're chosen. Realize that you're set apart. Realize that you're called. Realize that you're his beloved. Realize that you're righteous. Have an understanding of the fact that you're, you're his son or his daughter, that you're an heir to the kingdom of God. Understand the foundational truths, the one that says you're valuable. You're valuable. If nothing else, when you leave, remember tonight that you're valuable. Every single one. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.